Welcome to episode 8 of the Super Junior Podcast. I am your host, Wade Green. Thank you guys for checking back in. It's been a long week, you guys. A lot of things have happened. It is freezing cold out here. In the Midwest, it's negative 20 degrees. There's poles just shivering because it's so damn cold. New York, it is freezing too. Whew. But it's Friday, you guys. We made it. It's the end of the week. I know for some people, servers, people who work on the weekend, you got to work this weekend. But it's the end of the week for the rest of us. So time to celebrate. Anyway, we have a lot of topics we have to cover. A lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Christos Porzingis, he's a Dallas Maverick now. Anthony Davis, he wants to get traded from the Pelicans. Victor Oladipo, sad news. He's done for the year with a ruptured quad. We're going to talk about that. LeBron James and the Lakers, more drama surrounding them. We're going to talk about all that. He returned Thursday night, by the way, against the Clippers. His dramatic return, the calm before the storm. I can't stand LeBron James. NFL, we got the Saints still complaining about the same old call for the NFC Championship game. Get over it. Jason Garrett, they're not going to re-sign him in Dallas. They're going to wait until after the this following season to see. I got a few reasons why I could think of, but we're going to get to that. And oh yeah, all this drama going on in the NBA. We have completely forgotten about the Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl week and the NBA is dominating the headlines. Dominating the headlines. We I almost got the Patriots and the Rams play this weekend, but we're going to get to that too. We're also going to talk about boxing and everyone's favorite, tennis as well. But let's get started with these topics. Okay, let's get into Christos Porzingis and the Dallas Mavericks. Christos Porzingis was traded on Thursday for the New York Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks. KP, Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee are going to the Dallas Mavericks. The Knicks are going to get back Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two first-round picks. For the Dallas Mavericks, I think, thank you, Dallas Mavericks. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking Christos Porzingis. I appreciate it. And taking Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee's contract as well. Thank you. As a Knicks fan, I humbly thank you for taking those contracts away from our team and freeing up cast space for us. Dallas Mavericks, they're clearly trying to do another Steve Nash and Dirk 2.0 with Luka Doncic and Christos Porzingis. If that's what floats their boat, go ahead. It didn't work last time. I don't think it's going to work again because they're not going to be able to add pieces to their team because their salary cap is going to be strapped and also they don't have any draft picks for the next couple of years or first round picks for the next couple of years to add to the team so they're going to have to really finagle some things around if they want to add a couple of pieces around Kristaps and Luka Doncic because personally me I don't think that Tim Hardaway Jr. or Harrison Bonds are enough to pieces to be around those two because Harrison Bonds he will score 20 points but it'll be the most unimpactful 20 points you'll ever see in your life, besides Andrew Wiggins' 20 points that he'll give you. Two most unimpactful players. And the thing is, Harrison Barnes actually kind of tries hard. I know Andrew Wiggins doesn't, but Harrison Barnes actually tries. I don't get why he's not that effective. But anyway, this is, I don't care about Dallas Mavericks. I care about my New York Knicks. I love this trade for my New York Knicks. We get back Dennis Jr., and I think he could be that missing piece for us. I know I know people are going to be upset that Kristaps is gone, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, guys. 
Kristaps, he didn't want to be here at the end of the day. We don't need anybody in New York that doesn't want to be in New York. Think about New York. You got to want to be here. If you don't want to be here, you don't want to accept the pressure. That's the reason why I love Damari Stoudemire. That's the reason why I love Carmelo Anthony. Because those are players that wanted to be here and accepted the challenge of being in New York. And didn't shy away from it. This guy, Persingas, he didn't want to be here. He wasn't built for New York. Dennis Smith Jr., that dude is built for New York. And that's the type of person we need. We need a point guard, a gritty, grimy point guard who can bring some energy, some swag back into the garden. That's who we need. He doesn't even need to be the leader on the team, especially if we get one of those top free agents because we do have the cat space now if we get rid of DeAndre Jordan. We're going to have the cat space. We have that. We're going to be fine. And then we add players in the offseason. I'm going to tell you a list of the players that's going to be a free agent this offseason. Kawhi Leonard, Klay Thompson, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler. All those players. You get two of those guys, we're going to be set. You add them to Dennis Smith Jr. and to who I think Dennis Smith Jr. could be. The growing potential of Kevin Knotts. Our first round pick. If we get Zion Williamson as our first round pick. Zion. Mitchell Robinson, those guys, are good. that team right there is going to be good. Good. Because you got young pieces and you got those veteran guys that come in from in the offseason. And you're going to add some more veterans to fill out the roster as well. So you're going to be in position to do some things this, this offseason. I love it. And plus, the Knicks around the league are known for the way they can develop guards, especially with Dave Fisdale and the Knicks organization, like the Westchester Knicks. They've been able to develop guards in a great way. Trey Burke was one of those guards that was developed in the Knicks system. He wasn't doing anything in Utah or with the Wizards. Then you got Emmanuel Moutier. He wasn't doing anything in Denver. He looks good in New York. Alonzo Trier looks good. Damian Dotson. Then when Fisdale was with the Grizzlies, Mike Conley Jr. had one of his best seasons with David Fisdale. So if Dennis Smith Jr. is who I think he is, him being with the Knicks organization and with David Fisdale is going to benefit him. And we're going to see the best from Dennis Smith Jr. Because he played well last year. Dallas Mavericks gave up on him and gave the keys to Luka Doncic. And he was pissed off about it. And now, this could be his team. He could be the point guard of this team. And he could lead them. I really feel like he can. Because he embodies what it means to be in New York and to be a New Yorker. He just has to embrace being in New York. Just bring that energy. Bring that gritty, grimy play. And New York is going to love him. And just make plays for his teammates. Him and Kevin Knotts, the two young guys. And if you add a draft pick... Him, Kevin Knott, and Zion Williamson. Do you know how much energy is going to be in that garden with all those guys? And Mitchell Robinson, if he's catching alley-oops, oh my goodness. The energy that's going to be in that garden. The energy. The energy. The same energy they had when Carmelo just visited and they was chanting his name because they saw all those highlights of him. That's the energy that needs to come back in the garden. It needs to come back. In the 90s when Patrick Ewing and those boys and Pat Riley was running things in New York. That energy needs to come back. That blue-collar city mentality, it needs to come back. Right now, we're too touristy. We're way too touristy in Madison Square Garden. This is the reason why I haven't been to a game in Madison Square Garden, besides the fact that I'm kind of broke. I haven't been to a game in the Madison Square Garden in a minute. It's because, yo, why would I want to spend my money to go see the Knicks when they're playing like trash? And then to have fans around me that's chanting for the other teams that's coming into the garden. This is New York. Why the hell are we chanting for James Harden to score 60 points on us? What the hell is going on? Why are we chanting MVP for James Harden to score 61 points? This isn't LeBron James. 
I get upset when he do it for LeBron James, Kobe, anyone that comes into the Garden and has a career night on us and we're celebrating this. Oh, look at the greatest performances of the Garden from other people. I don't want to see that. I'm a Knicks fan. I don't want to see people having their greatest performances in the Garden. I want to see them have their worst performance they ever had in their life in the Garden. This is not a tourist attraction where people just come to see us get our ass beat by teams. We don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want that. Things need to change. And if trading Christos Porzingis is going to help facilitate that change, hey. Somebody had to go. Somebody had to go and it was Christos Porzingis. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with this trade. Everyone else can have an attitude. They can be upset. Christos is gone. But I'm sick of New York being treated like we're a tourist attraction. We're some type of circus. I'm sick of it. If it's going to usher in a new era, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be that leader of it. And then whoever we get in a free agency and then the draft pick, we have assets. I'm telling you right now, New York is going to be a destination. I told you last week, Shaquille O'Neal said that the New York they should be a destination. Dwayne Wade said that players want to play for Dave Fisdale. We have things to look up for. If Kristaps don't want to be here, let him go. Bye. Bye, Felicia. We don't want you, man. You soft anyway. Your brother can't be coming up in here telling us, telling the Knicks organization what he wants and demanding stuff like you did something for us. What the hell did Kristaps, what, what the hell did Kristaps is do for the New York Knicks? Absolutely nothing. He gave us hope. Thank God for that. You gave us hope. Don't get me wrong. You gave us hope. And you gave us this nice trade too, Kristaps. Thank you, Kristaps, for this trade. But other than that, you did absolutely nothing for us but get us cap room. And if your cap room helps gets us um helps get us Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard, I I will be forever grateful for Phil Jackson because the last remnants of Phil Jackson, the next piece we had to get rid of is that man Frank Nilakina, because he's a bum. I'm sick of Frank Nilakina. Go be a defensive stopper on someone else's team. I don't need him on my team. He's terrible. He's another European player. You should have traded him along with um to Dallas so they can have every European player on earth on their team. We don't need Frank Nilakina on our team. I'm happy. I'm happy. <sighs> Before I get even more upset, let's move on to the other news of the week. Anthony Davis requests a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans. And we already know who wants them, the Los Angeles Lakers. My whole thing is, let's look at it from AD's point of view. AD, I understand why you want to leave New Orleans. You probably feel like they weren't doing enough to get you people that can help you win. And to be honest, maybe they haven't. And also, we also have to take this point. You're not that guy that's going to be the best player on the championship team. And that's okay. It's okay, especially since you're a big man. Most big men can't be the best player on the team. They could be the best player on the team, but they need a guard to help them win a title. They're not going to win a title by themselves. They're not going to win a title with just any old wing player. They need a great wing player to help complement them and to help win a title. Shaq, he's one of the greatest big men. But if he didn't have Kobe and if he didn't have Dwayne Wade, he wasn't winning those rings. Let's be real. And my brother would love this. Andre, I know you would love this because you're going to say, like, yo, that's exactly what I would say. Kobe needed Shaq. No, Shaq needed Kobe more than Kobe needed Shaq. That's exactly what you would say. I know. And it's kind of, it's true. But all big men, they need a great wing player in order to win. Only two big men that I've seen that didn't need a great wing player was Hakeem Olajuwon and Tim Duncan. Because Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, they're great. 
Don't get me wrong, they're great, they're Hall of Famers, but they're not superstar. They didn't have superstar impact on games. Like they weren't super they weren't Kobe level. They weren't Dwayne Wade level players. They weren't like that. Same thing with San Cassell and Kane and Jeff Smith. He did have Clyde down there in Houston with Hakeem Olajuwon, but Clyde, it wasn't Portland Clyde. Let's put it that way. It wasn't Portland Clyde. If it was Portland Clyde, it would have been a different story, but it wasn't Portland Clyde. So I understand, Ed Davis, you need to get away from that team because you need to get with a wing player that can help you win a title. Same thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He needed a great wing player in Magic Johnson to win a title. Most big men need a great wing player to win a title. So I understand it. I completely get it. For the New Orleans side of things, what are they going to do? They have to make a decision. Do they want to win or do they want to lose and get some draft picks and rebuild now and trade everybody away? Because I heard they gonna, they made Nikola Meritage, Julius Randle, all of them available. Me personally, I think they could still win some games with the team they have if they just make the right trade. One of the trades I want to see them make, if they don't want to trade into Los Angeles Lakers, because I know they probably upset People like Charles Barkley on, on Thursday said, hey, it's collusion with the Lakers and AD are doing and LeBron are doing. It's all collusion. They shouldn't be able to do it. Everybody needs to avoid that trade. Not kind of agree, but if you feel that way, don't trade them to the Lakers. A team that you should trade them to is the Portland Trailblazers. Portland, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Portland. Somebody had to go. Somebody has to go. Between CJ and Dame, and we already know who that somebody is. CJ. If you were the key piece for Portland to get Anthony Davis, I'm sorry, but you got to go, C.J. McCollum. You're sorry. You just got to go. At some point, Portland has to bet on Damian Lillard. Like, Damian Lillard has to be given the opportunity to win and given the opportunity to say, like, hey, we believe in you and your ability, so we're going to bring this man, Anthony Davis, in to be your teammate because we believe that you can convince him to stay. That's what we got to do. Damian Lillard... Is talented enough to convince Anthony Davis to stay. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what Rich Paul puts out there to the media. If Damian Lillard is Anthony Davis' teammate, they're going to win games. They're going to be a top seed in the Western Conference. And they could threaten the Golden State Warriors after this season when they lose everyone on their team when KD leaves. And it's just the regular Warriors. I'm telling you right now, AD and Damian Lillard are good enough to beat the, the regular Warriors when they don't have Kevin Durant on that team. They're good enough. They are good enough. Because who are they going to have to give up? CJ McCollum, that kid Zach Collins, the power forward, some draft picks, and maybe another one of their guards, Anthony Simmons, another young player. You're giving up two young guys, a couple draft picks, CJ McCollum, and you're getting back Anthony Davis, and you put him alongside Yusef Nurchik. You have guys like Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu. They're already playing good with Damian Lillard right now. And then you have... Evan Turner coming off the bench. You got the shooters, Nick Stauskas, Seth Curry. Like you got players on that team that can formulate a team. And you keep adding supplemental pieces around that. You got two pillars in Dave Lillard and Anthony Davis. And it goes with what I just said about having a superstar wing player and a superstar big man. I'm telling you, those two guys will win some games. Look what Damian Lillard did before with LaMarcus Aldridge when he was just a young player. He's a young player. Him and LaRocca Dodgers was getting the playoffs religiously and threatening teams. Imagine now what Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is 10 times better than LaMarcus Aldridge. 10 times better. And you put him with Dame Lillard when he's gotten better every single year? Are you kidding me? Let Anthony Davis take care of the first three quarters and he comes in? Let Dame Lillard do his thing in clutch time? In Dame time? Come on, man. Come on. 
If you don't want him to go to the Lakers, Portland Trail Blazers, step up and go get him. Especially if you small market teams are mad that all these big market teams are taking your best players, send them to another small market team. Send them. In Portland, don't be afraid. I understand that Anthony Davis, he may not sign back with a team. You got to take that gamble with Damian Lillard. I believe he will stay with Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard is a superstar player. He's younger than LeBron James. If you know that LeBron James is on that team, he's 36 years old, 34, 36. Like he's, gonna, he's getting up in there in age. Like he ain't going to be around forever. Why not be able to play another young guy and Damian Lillard and those two could potentially dominate the Eastern Conference? Come on, man. That's a dynamic duel between having Dame and Anthony Davis. That pick and roll will be nasty. So Portland, take the gamble, take the risk. I understand that he's not he's not giving any guarantees he'll stay past the following year. Who cares? You get him for the half this year and the rest of next year. Take the chance. If you can't convince him to stay in a year and a half, something's wrong. Something's wrong with Dame, and you need to move on from Dame, too. That will let you know what you have in Dame Lillard. You give Dame Lillard that opportunity, he'll step up to the moment. And that's the thing about a lot of players in the league that I like. I like Russell Westbrook. I like Dame Lillard. Those are my favorite players in the league. Main reason because I feel like if they got the same opportunities that players like LeBron James and Kevin Durant get, they will win the ring, too. And they'll be known as one of the best players in the league as well. They don't get that shine. If Dame Lillard got the same type of shine that Kyrie Irving gets, Dame Lillard will be one of the best players in the league. Dame Lillard stays healthy, and he's always there for the scene. Put Dame Lillard on Boston and see what they do. Come on, man. Come on. Dame Lillard is a beast in this game. A beast. Now, believe in him. Trade CJ. I'm sorry, CJ. Somebody had to go. Somebody has to go. I'm sorry. But get Dame Lillard some help. Please. ASAP. But... If you don't choose to do that, I know another trade that's out there right now is the Los Angeles Lakers. They're willing to trade everybody except LeBron James. We already know what that is. If I'm New Orleans Pelicans and I'm trading with the Los Angeles Lakers, a deal starts with this. Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, or Ivan Zubak. You're going to have to add Contavious Caldwell-Pope and some draft picks. That's what we're going to have to start with. And that's all I have to say about that. They're the leading favorites to get them because of all their colluding that they did. LeBron James ain't slick. He's not slick. He ain't. But there's news out. Lonzo Ball, he already doesn't want to go to the Pelicans. He's saying that he would prefer to go to the Knicks and the Bulls. And I'm telling you guys, the Knicks are known around the league for developing point guards. So I think if Lonzo Ball did go to the Knicks before the whole trade went down with um with um Dennis Jr., if he did come to the Knicks... He will work good with the Knicks because, hey, maybe they'll help him with his shot, help him develop his game, help him develop his motor to like want to go out there and actually be aggressive on the offensive end. That will be something that the Knicks can help him out with. But he's saying he don't want to go to the Pelicans <laughs> if if he does get traded. He'd rather have a third team get involved and he can send him to a different team and where they don't have an established point guard on the roster. So we'll see what happens with that and that trade between the Pelicans and the Lakers that potentially could go down. But like I said, Pelicans, trade into the Portland Trail Blazers. And Portland, put an offer in, man. Put an offer in. Ask them, what do you want? If they don't want C.J. McCollum, cool. At least you tried and you tried to trade him. But, and C.J., I, I love you, but at some point you got to move on. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And you can't just keep going at these teams with the same formula, C.J. and Dame, C.J. and Dame. You got to switch it up. 
You got to let CJ go. And CJ will be good with the Pelicans, too, because CJ, Drew Holiday, then you got Jaleel Okafor, Julius Randle, Nikola Meritage. That's a squad right there. CJ McCollum, Nikola Meritage, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, Jaleel Okafor. Are you kidding me? And you got that kid, Zach Collins, coming off the bench. That is a squad right there. A squad. They could do some things in the Western Conference. Like, come on. Then you get some draft picks. You can add to the team. Come on, yo. That would be a great, great situation for CJ McCollum. It's a win-win for both teams, in my opinion. But going back to the Lakers, LeBron James returned Thursday night against the Clippers. And a surprise, early in the day, he posted the calm before the storm. There's a picture of him in the gym. LeBron James is so dramatic. He's a drama queen. A real drama queen. And then... He also, there's also news coming out this week that LeBron is content with Luke Walton, but LeBron's camp wants Luke fired. I'm like, this man, LeBron, is a kingpin. He's a kingpin. He just walks around there and be like, uh, like, yeah, you okay. But my team, man, they don't like you. Like, this man, like, this man just runs the NBA. The way he's running it, it's beautiful. I, you got to respect it. The way he's running it is, is amazing, immaculate, and beautiful. But... I just don't want them to get their way. The Lakers and LeBron always get their way. Someone has to disrupt this. Don't let them do it. The lead don't have to jump in like they did with the Chris Ball trade. The other teams around the league need to jump in and actually do something about it. So we'll see what happens in LA. And LeBron James also is hinting that he wants to have a reunion with Kyrie Irving if Anthony Davis comes. Hey, Kyrie, this summer, come join me and AD after we get him this offseason. Like, come on, man. This man is clearly colluding. I'm not, I don't want him to get fined or anything like that. I could care less. Like, they're going to do what they want to do. You can't stop players from talking. There's social media. There's other ways players can communicate and say, hey, I want to play with you. Things happen. Who cares? Teams got to take the right risk. And I'm telling you, Port- I'm going to keep saying this all episode. Portland, take the risk. Take the risk. I'm sorry, CJ, but take the risk, Portland. I'm going to keep saying it all episode. Speaking of Kyrie, all this drama going on with Kyrie, Kyrie might be one of the league because there's a lot of things going on in Boston, man. Boy, there's a lot of things going on. And he sure changed his tune now. After the Knicks trade, Kyrie changed his tune because earlier in the year he was saying how, oh, I'm going to definitely resign back here in Boston. Now he's saying, oh, like I don't owe nobody nothing. You can ask me after July 1st what my plans are. This man, that's signs that he might be coming to New York. But to be honest, I don't really want Kyrie in New York because Kyrie's always hurt. Like, I would love him. Don't get me wrong. I would love Kyrie Irving in New York Knicks jersey. But if Dennis Smith Jr. pans out and he looks like he could be a point guard for us, we wouldn't really need Kyrie. And two, unless Kyrie want to play two guard, you could put Dennis Smith Jr. and Kyrie Irving in the starting line together and have Kyrie Irving play more of a shooting guard like he wants to be anyway. So you could do that. But... I really wouldn't want Kyrie because Kyrie's always hurt. So if LeBron James wants Kyrie back, go have him back. Boston, they have their own struggles going on with Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is struggling this year. Last night, the Boston Celtics played the Golden State Warriors. And some Warriors were quoted saying that Gordon Hayward is not Gordon Hayward. He's a liability on the defensive and offensive end. Those are not good quotes to have a team say about you. Other teams are noticing that you're a liability. You can best believe your teammates have noticed that you're a liability. And that's probably some of the problems that's going on in Boston. They see that he's struggling this year and he's still getting minutes. They're probably like, yo, I deserve some more minutes. Jason Tatum probably thinks he deserves more minutes. Jalen Brown probably thinks he deserves more minutes. You know Terry Rozier thinks he deserves more minutes. 
So Gordon Hayward struggling and puts a little more stress on the team because a lot of players feel like they should be playing the minutes that Gordon Hayward is getting. And Gordon Hayward has some things to say about that. He gave an explanation this week about it. Gordon Hayward says that he still has a lack of confidence going to the rim and challenging big men. He doesn't trust his ankle going vertically, but horizontally it feels like it did a couple years ago. But again, jumping still causes some discomfort. And I completely get that. I've had ankle injuries. I fractured my ankle. I've never broken my ankle like him, but I fractured my ankle a couple of times. Jumping is, it does take a long time to come back. And also moving horizontally does, that comes back a little faster. But it's going to take a little more time for Gordon Hayward to come back and be who he was. He's averaging this year 10.8 points per game, 5 rebounds a game, 3.4 assists a game in 26 minutes. So we'll see if he can turn around by playoffs and he starts feeling like himself again. If he doesn't, Boston's going to be in some trouble. They're going to have to make some decisions on whether they want to cut back his minutes a little more and give it more to the other guys on the team. Because come playoff time, they're not going to want to have this drama that's going on right now. And this drama is clearly going to cost him Kyrie if he doesn't start looking up. Because if Kyrie not happy, he's going to want to leave. So, we shall see. Let's move to another Eastern Conference team that had a little struggles this past week. The Indiana Pacers, they lost Vito Oladipo for the rest of the season. He ruptured his quad tendon. Scary looking injury. I feel so bad for the Indiana Pacers. They were looking so good. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference. And now, after they have to decide, do they just stick with their team and just move forward? And, like, wait till Vitello Depot gets back healthy? Or do they try to go for it this year? Me, I would try to go for it this year. But it depends because I wouldn't want to give up any of my assets. And I kind of want to see if Miles Turner can, like, step up too. If Miles Turner can step up and be that guy that, that they need him to be, to be a superstar player. Because every time I hear about Miles Turner, we always hear about the potential he has and all. That he could be a great player. He could be one of the best big men in the league. But he hasn't really shown that. With Victor Oladipo, I want to see if he can play like that. And now, we can't really see that either because we lost another dynamic person than Tyreek Evans. He's out right now with back spasms as well. So, it's going to be hard for the Indiana Pacers. But I really want to see more from Miles Turner and see if he can lead this team to the playoffs. If they do stand pat. If they choose not to stand pat and they want to boost their chances a little bit, this is a person I thought they should get before Victor Oladipo went down was Mike Conley Jr., but the only way you're probably going to get Mike Conley is if they give up Sabonis. So that's the only reason I wouldn't do it. Sabonis is a great piece for them. And he works well with Oladipo. So if I could get Mike Conley without giving up Sabonis and I'm Indiana, I'm going for Mike Conley Jr. Without giving up Sabonis. Like I told you last week, Memphis made Mike Conley Jr. available for trade. And the trade deadline is the 7th of February. And some other teams I thought he should be looking at is the Spurs and the Jazz. Him going to play with the Jazz would be great because the Jazz need a point guard. And Donovan Mitchell needs someone that can take some of the point guard duties off his hands because he he needs help, man. He's the only one that could create a shot for that team. He needs someone else that can create offense and get their own offense for themselves. And I think Mike Conley Jr. will be a great player to add to that team. And for the Spurs, the Spurs, everyone's been saying how Mike Conley Jr. always reminds them of Tony Parker. He's Tony Parker-esque. He can go play with Greg Popovich and have another great couple of years with them. Having Mike Conley Jr. and DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, that'll be a good little tandem. They're going to challenge teams, but they're not going to win nothing, in my opinion. But I think that will be a great addition to them. So Mike Conley has some options. He can go to the Indiana Pacers. He can go to Spurs, Jazz. There's a couple teams out there I think Mike Conley will play good with. I still think he'll be good with the Lakers, especially if the Lakers want to win now. 
They probably don't want to keep paying him a lot of money. They want to have some flexibility for next year, so they're not going to do that trade. Him and LeBron together, they're both old, so it's not like LeBron's a young guy and you bring in some old guy to pump play with him. They're both around the same age. I think Mike Conley is a little bit younger, so that would be a great trade for the Lakers as well. But that's highly unlikely. <laughs> so the three teams I see for Mike Conley is the Pacers, the Spurs, and the Jazz. We're going to stay in the Western Conference. We're going to talk about somebody I've been saying should be MVP of this league. And I hope you guys are recognizing how great this man is playing. And it's Paul George. Paul George deserves some MVP consideration, guys. Please, give him some MVP consideration. Please. Have y'all seen the way he's been playing this past week? Paul George has been balling out of his mind. Thank God he's starting in the All-Star game. Let's start with that. And I just want to say one thing about Russell Westbrook in particular. In relation to Paul George. Westbrook is my favorite player in the league because I know with him, no matter what, he's going to take that shot. He could have missed every shot in the game. I know he's not going to shy away from that shot. He's always going to take the biggest shot in the game, no matter what. Hot, cold, you missed every shot before that. He's going to take that shot. He's always going to be there. And I know that's Russ, and that's the reason why I like Russell Westbrook. But the thing I don't like about Russell Westbrook is that sometimes it's not smart for him to take those shots. He just His decision-making is not the best thing. But this year, this year, I like the way he's playing because he's actually deferring to Paul George. He's trusting his teammates more, Russ. He's trusting that, hey, I have Paul George here. He's balling out of his mind. Let me let him rock. Let me let him carry the offense right now while I'm struggling with my shot. Let him carry the offense, and I'm going to keep doing everything else that makes me great. Now, I would prefer if Russell Westbrook didn't make the all-star team this year, but he is going to make the all-star team. He did make the all-star team. All the reserves were announced. I'm not going to go through all those, but I did think that Carl Anthony Towns should not have been there. He got there just because he's a good player. He's not having a good season because when Jimmy Butler was on the team, he wasn't even playing good. So I'm like, how the hell did he get to the all-star game when he wasn't playing good when Jimmy Butler was there? And Jimmy Butler was there for damn near the beginning of the whole season. So what were these coaches looking at that made Carl Towns a all-star player, but I digress. Russ, I was hoping he wouldn't make it so you have time to work on his game, like his catch-and-shoot threes and his mid-range jumper. He's only struggling on the offensive end. Right now, he's letting Paul George be the MVP and showing growth in that way by not dominating the ball, by showing that he can defer and let his other teammates thrive. And that's what I love from Russ right now. He's thriving in other ways until he finds his game. And I think that's going to help the Oklahoma City Thunder out. Only thing that's going to hurt them from winning the title is his shot. So if he works on those two things, his mid-range jumper and his catch-and-shoot threes, Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be great because they're getting contributions from people like Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson. Andre Robeson is going to be coming back soon. You got Patrick Peterson playing well all of a sudden. Steven Adams, he was a snub. He got snubbed as a all-star player this year. He's playing way better than Marcus Aldridge. Stephen Adams having way bigger impact on the team than Marcus Aldridge. At the end of the day, I think Stephen Adams should be the all-star. Oklahoma City should have got three all-stars. You could have made a case that Denver Nuggets should have got more all-stars, but I don't really care about Denver Nuggets. That's not one of my favorite teams, let's be real. But Oklahoma City, they're real. I don't care what anyone says, they are real. Their defense is top-notch. They're making threes now. Oklahoma City just needs to add more three-point shooting depth. They got Alex Sabrinas back. But if they add a player like Courtney Lee or a player like Wesley Matthews, someone that is known for 3 and D, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be a problem. Maybe not this year, but Golden State Warriors lose any one of those big four plays that they have, I'm telling you right now, OKC is going to be a challenger 
challenger for years to come because they're young, athletic, and their second unit is dope as well too because they could defend and they're athletic and long. <laughs> like I just said, it's crazy. OKC is a beast. You saw what they did to the Bucks this past week. They did to Orlando Magic this past week. They're playing well right now. I'm happy with what I'm seeing with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's all I have for basketball right now. Let's move on to some other sports, baseball, tennis, everything. Baseball. Uh, let's talk about baseball. You know, I only have a lot to say about baseball. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are still free agents, which I think is ridiculous. And I think the pitchers and catchers report soon. All I got to say about baseball is it's a shame that y'all don't know how to do the free agency process. Y'all need to value your players a little bit more because at the end of the day, they make the game. I understand y'all think that y'all need star power, but the NFL and baseball need to learn that the, the star needs to be the player. That's who the fan gets attracted to. If you want your sport to last long and have that impact, that cultural impact, the star of the league has to be the players. And that's what baseball and football just don't seem to get. This whole week has been nothing but domination by basketball. Nothing but domination. This is supposed to be Super Bowl week. And it's been dominated by basketball. Baseball, you had two best players, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, are still free agents. Baseball free agency started like two months ago, back in October. And we're still talking about your two best players as free agents. What is going on with this sport? I understand you don't want to pay these players a bunch of money, but damn. It needs to be something that makes this game interesting. Bryce Harper's looking to go to Padres. The Padres? I don't follow the Padres all that much, but your best player is going to go play in San Diego? One of your best players in the league is going to go play in San Diego? He's going to be an afterthought like your other best player in the league, Mike Trout. Mike Trout's an afterthought. He doesn't even have a personality. That's probably the reason why he's an afterthought. He probably does have a personality, but he has no personality marketing-wise. He doesn't have a personality there. Like, damn. Baseball, they need help. Help ASAP. I don't know what's going to help baseball. They need some more stars in that league. And they need to just hire someone that used to work in the NBA and help with your marketing staff. I'll come help you market some players because this is ridiculous. I'm taking some marketing classes in school, social media marketing classes in school. Come on, man. Like, y'all got to do better than this. Pitches and catches report next week, and your two star players are not going to be in camp. Come on, man. Come on. But anyway, moving away from baseball, let's go to everyone's favorite sport, tennis. Naomi Osaka, my girl, she won the Australian Open. Back-to-back Grand Slam titles for her. She beat Petra Kvitova. I'm excited. I'm telling y'all. I told you guys on IG, that girl Naomi Osaka is going to be a problem with Serena Williams going forward. It's going to take... A special performance from Serena to beat this girl Naomi Osaka in the years coming up. She's a number one player now, Naomi, and I don't think she's giving that spot up anytime soon. In the end, Naomi Osaka is a new face of women's tennis. I'm telling you that right now. Serena Williams, her time might be up. I don't want to speculate anything. I don't want to be disrespectful towards her because I think she's one of the greatest female tennis players ever. And I think she's one of the greatest athletes, period, of all time. But I think her time is up. It's Osaka time. I'm telling you that. It's Osaka time. I'm telling you. And also on the men's side for the Australian Open, Novak Djokovic won. He, this man is beasting right now. He's won the last couple of majors in the sport. The past four grandstands, he's won all of them. So Novak, he's balling right now. Someone has to just stop him sooner or later. 
Federer and Nadal, they getting old. Novak is going to need some new competition. That guy, Francis Tiafoe, is supposed to be one. Hopefully, he can step up and challenge him. And there'll be some other challenges out there. Like Nick Curry goes, hopefully, he can step up too. So, we'll see with tennis how that goes. That's all I got for those sports. Let's get into some football now. It's football time. Let's start with the Saints first real quick before we get into the Super Bowl. I know you're probably sick of hearing about them. I'm sick about hearing about them. You got Cam Jordan out here wearing t-shirts saying blow whistles, not games. You got Sean Payton wearing t-shirts with Roger Goodell looking like a clown on it. Like, the Saints are doing way too much. Like, I understand. Don't get me wrong. I understand that you, you hurt, that like your team lost, and now Anthony Davis is leaving. Like, New Orleans... Fans are hurting right now because of the sports pain that they feel. I get it. But I really don't care. Like, stop complaining. All this stuff, stop complaining. It's over. It is over. The game is over. You guys had your opportunity. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. You guys had your opportunity. I'm, I'm not going through all the opportunities again, but I'm just going to start from after the blown call. You guys kicked the field goal. You went up 23 to 20. You went up 23 to 20. And then your defense went out there and gave up a field goal. You let the Rams drive down the field on you. Defense, Cam Jordan, you had an opportunity to stop them and you didn't. So blame yourself. Stop with this stupidness and foolishness wearing these stupid shirts and asking for them to replay this stupid game. You lost. You should have stepped up. The Rams had everything against them. The crowd noise. On being on the road. They couldn't even hear each other in audible plays. You guys had the lead. You guys should have been up 21 nothing in the first quarter, but you blew those because you got field goals instead of touchdown. You got to look at what you could have done better. I'm sick of these Saints complaining about the same stupid play that didn't cost them anything. It didn't cost them anything. I'm sick of this. Like you guys had opportunities to, to rectify that play. After that, you could have stopped them from kicking that field goal, but you didn't, Cam Jordan. And then you went to overtime, and then Drew Brees, you threw the interception, and then... Again, defense, you couldn't stop him again. You had to kick another field goal and you lost the game. Well, at one point, do you blame yourselves for that loss? I'm sick of all these players coming out. I'm sick of Michael Thomas saying stuff, saying Super Bowl 53, Super Bowl lie. Like, come on. Like, how old are we, children? How old are we? God, man. You guys complain about the stupidest stuff. Y'all should have won that game 10 times, but y'all didn't. So the better team won at the end of the day. The better team won. And now everyone wants to make a controversy because they're saying the four officials from the game, they were from Southern California. Who cares? The NFL must have wanted this controversy because they know the NBA is dominating them right now in the headlines. They must need this controversy because I'm over this little controversy. It's overshadowing the game. We haven't heard anything about this Super Bowl yet. This Super Bowl is so boring, the Patriots are talking crap. I'm not even going to get to that yet. That's all I got to say about the Saints. I'm sick of the Saints. I don't give a fuck. Moving on. The Jets, they hired the offensive coordinator, Dowell Loggins. He worked with that head coach, Adam Gase. I really don't care. I don't know what to think of this man. I don't know. My whole thing is with Adam Gase. He's supposed to be the offensive guru, so I don't care who offensive coordinator he got. He's supposed to be the offensive guru. I'm looking to see what he's going to do for Sam Darnold. And then some other news in the NFL. Dallas Cowboys, 
Jerry Jones said that he is not going to sign Jason Garrett to an extension this season. He's going to wait until after this following year that's coming up. And to me, it sounds like he's waiting to see if Tony Romo could be the head coach of Dallas Cowboys. Because also, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but I found out that people are looking at Tony Romo to be a head coach. And like I told you last week, Tony Romo's contract is up in the booth after next season. So if Jason Garrett don't win a title next year or do good next year, you could see Tony Romo become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised seeing that. Everyone loves him. And if someone's going to make him their head coach, you know Jerry Jones loves him some Tony Romo. Hopefully Tony Romo could actually combat him and actually talk back to him and put him in his place sometimes and not have him all up in his locker room dancing all over the place, you know. <laughs> Hope we can tell him to stop doing that for the team. Let's finally get to the Super Bowl. It's here, guys. It's here this Sunday, February 3rd. Patriots versus the Rams. Finally. And guys, let me tell you something. I'm not a Patriots fan. You already know who I'm going with. I'm going with the Rams. At the end of the day, the Rams are going to win this game. I hope they win. And main reason I hope they win is because of this. Honestly. I saw this the other day and it made me sick. Here all the way down to Atlanta. We're still here. Yeah, that was Tom Brady chanting, we're still here. Then he threw the mic, basically did a mic drop at the PA announcer. Do you know how annoying the Patriots are going to be if they win this game? You see how cocky they are? This is how, first off, this is how boring the Super Bowl is. That the Patriots are the main attraction to the Super Bowl. They're the ones giving us most of the headlines. Tom Brady yelling out, we're still here. Patrick Chung saying that they're going to beat the Rams behind Talking all this trash, saying that they're the underdogs. Like, all this stuff they're talking. The Patriots are the most interesting team in this Super Bowl. And the Rams have a keep to lead. Marcus Peters. They have all the interesting players. The Patriots are the entertaining team in this Super Bowl. The Patriots need to lose. Because this team is cocky right now. And they haven't even won yet. Imagine when they win after this weekend. They have this underdog mentality. They're going to be chanting. They're going to be... Losing their minds up in Boston. I hate Boston fans. Boston needs to freaking lose. Patriots, I hope they lose. I really do. I really hope they lose. There's no interesting headline. People are like talking about Bill Belichick sending Sean McVay sets. Who cares? They're coaches. They talk. Other people want to make a big deal out of it. But all I think of it is they coaches. They talk. I will only be worried about it is if Bill Belichick tries to get close to Sean McVay, learn a couple of his secrets, because you know that's probably what he does. He probably gets close to these young coaches, so they'll teach him some of the new cool things that's going on right now, which is smart. You're supposed to do that as an older coach, to learn from the younger guys, so I don't mind it. But I do mind the Patriots being so cocky, and Tom Brady throwing the mic down and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. And then Mikel Roby Colvin wants to make stupid comments to challenge Tom Brady. Don't say anything that's going to make... Tom Brady want to come after you or give him extra reason to come after you. That's what he feeds off. He feeds off motivation. Don't give him nothing. Don't give him anything. And that's all that Kel Roby Coleman did. And he tried to walk it back, so it's okay now that he did it. But he got to be smarter than that. Let's move away from all that. Let's just talk about the game and how I think it's going to go. To me, the key to this game is going to be the Rams' defense. Their defense line, they need to stop the run. They got to stop James White. 
Sony Michelle, Rats Burkhead, whoever the Patriots want to run the ball with, Cordell Patterson, whoever they choose to run the ball with, they got to stop them. They can't give Tom Brady a running game and let him throw the ball. And the other thing about the Rams defense, they got to press these wide receivers. You can't be giving the Patriots wide receivers free releases off the line of scrimmage. If you give them free releases off the line of scrimmage, Tom Brady's going to pick you apart. Do not let them get free releases. Do not play off coverage. I want to see all game on Sunday, press coverage all along the line of scrimmage. I want you to jam the wide receivers. Do not let them get another inch off that line without being jammed, without them having their hands, without your hands being on their chest. Keep your hands on their chest because the longer you keep them jammed at the line of scrimmage, that's the longer Tom Brady holds that ball. And that's when it comes down to Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, Michael Brockers, and all those guys in the front seven. You got to go get that boy, Tom Brady. And Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald especially. I need you guys to come up the middle and break that pocket, bring pressure up the middle so Tom Brady has to move around, get off his spot, and he holds on to that ball because those corners are pressing those wide receivers, and he's going to have a long day. If that does not happen, the Patriots are going to win this game because the Rams' defense is that important. All that money they spent this offseason on that defense, this is the game that they spent that money for. to Leib, Marcus Peters, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue. I think your name is Dustin Fowler Jr. I probably got that wrong. The guy we got from the Jaguars. They need to show up and show why they paid all that money. If those guys don't show up and they don't show why the Rams paid all that money to them, the Rams are going to lose at the end of the day. They're going to lose. You can't let Tom Brady have a running game. You can't let Tom Brady and his wide receivers get free releases off the line because Tom Brady's going to pick you apart. The offense, Todd Gurley, you got to show up. Like I said last week, I don't know what was wrong with Todd Gurley. I hope it was an injury. I don't hope it was an injury, but I kind of do because it's, I need something to explain the reason why you didn't come out there and ball out last week. You didn't look like Todd Gurley. It looked like you were choking. I don't want to consider you a choker, so I need you to show up in this game, Todd Gurley. I need you to show up. You didn't show up for me in my fantasy league, which I'm still mad at you about, but you need to show up in this game. C.J. Anderson, if Todd Gurley don't show up, you're going to be MVP because you got to run the ball for us. Run that ball. Brandon Cooks, show up, have a good game. Robert Woods, another guy, show up, have a good game. The tight ends, Higby and Everett, you got to show up and have big games, man. Got to show up. I got the Rams in this game. I can't stand no Patriots. If the Patriots win, Tom Brady's legacy is going through the roof. Everyone's going to say he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. We all know that. (sighs) I hope they lose, man. I don't want to hear we're still here, we're still here, him having a mic drop again. No sorry, Bob. Not me. Not me. I'm all the way Rams. Rams are going to win this Super Bowl. And if the Rams do win the Super Bowl, I think Aaron Donald or Ndamukong Sue are going to be the players of the game because they got to really collapse that middle of the pocket. They got to get this man, Tom Brady, off his spot. They got to get him off his spot or Tom Brady's going to pick this team apart. They got to get off the spot. Defense has to show up. Rams defense has to be the MVP of this game. Corners got to jam those wide receivers, jam Gronk, jam Julian Elliman, jam Chris Hogan. They got to do that job. If they don't do that job, they're going to lose this game. They're going to. I got the Rams. I believe in the Rams. That's all I have for sports today. We're going to speak on some other stuff before we head up out of here and we can enjoy the sports for this weekend. 
First off, J. Cole, happy belated birthday to him. His birthday is January 28th. And by the way, he's also going to be performing at the NBA All-Star Game. Him and Carly Rae Jensen, Meek Mill are going to be performing during All-Star Weekend. So I can't wait to see that. Again, happy belated birthday, J. Cole. And J. Cole, that song, Middle Child, it was not that good. I was pissed off about that. It could have been better. It was good, but I was expecting some shots to be fired, like Maul and Joe and Park said. I was... And Rory, I was hoping there would be some shots fired on there, but they weren't. But I do like the song, but it could have been better, Middle Child. A lot of promotion for what turned out to be not too much of a shot. But moving on to more birthdays. Happy belated birthday to Jackie Robinson. His birthday was Thursday night. I know he passed away. But he would have been 100 years old yesterday. It's Black History Month, so I'm going to say happy birthday to that man. Happy belated birthday to Jackie Robinson. His birthday was on Thursday. Rest in peace to big Julius Campbell. The actual Julius Campbell. From T.C. Williams, the captain of the T.C. Williams football team from the movie Remember the Titans. He passed away this past week due to organ failure. <sighs> Rest in peace, Big Julius. Attitude reflect leadership, captain. Yes. Kevin Durant, he opened the Durant Center to help low-income students with their studies in the D.C. area. According to Emily Karen of, of Sports Illustrated, the Golden State Warriors star partnered with College Track to form the Durant Center in his hometown of Suitland in Prince George County, Maryland. The organization uses a 10-year plan to help students from their early teenage years through the college graduation by providing tutoring services and funds for college scholarships. The new center will be College Track's first on the East Coast. So, big shout out to Kevin Durant. Big shout out to him for that, building that Durant Center out in Maryland. Good things for him. I like the athletes doing that. I talked about LeBron doing that. Diddy built a school too this year or last year. A lot of big things happening with um with athletes and people, these entertainers giving back to their communities. Also, Marshawn Lynch is another person that's giving back to this community. This story came out a couple weeks ago. I heard about this on Bill Maher, but I saw it in the articles today, even though it should have been out back then. Marshawn Lynch, he's doing everything he can to combat gentrification going on in Oakland, so he's buying real estate. He had this to say to Bill Maher, is basically when, for me, it's a lot of white people come into the hood and kick everybody out that's there. Lynch told Maher, I've been a witness of it since I was a small jitterbug, so I mean now that I'm grown up and I'm seeing it, I understand it a little more. And it's true. Justification is something that's really hurting a lot of people, a lot of African-Americans, a lot of minorities that's living in these communities that white people are moving back into and they're buying up all the real estate because it's cheap, because it was the projects. Usually before it was seen as bad and they're basically kicking all the people out and I don't agree with that. We need to have more places, especially African-Americans, we need to have more places where we can call our own. We need to have more places where we can say like, hey, this is our community. And you could say that's racist and all that other stuff, but I don't. It's not because we see other ethnicities that have that. So why can't an African American have their own place that they can hold their own? That's how I feel. You see, Jews have their own spot in Brooklyn here in New York. You see, there's a Chinatown everywhere. You see, there's Little Italy in New York and the Bronx. Like there's areas where it's known to be a Pacific ethnicity there. We used to have it with Harlem, but you know Harlem is gone. It's been gentrified. They gentrified all over the Bronx. They gentrified Brooklyn. I just want a place where we can, call, where black people can call their own. Hopefully, we could have that one day. Hopefully soon. Hopefully, we'll see about that. But anyway, 
moving on from Marshawn Lynch and the great job he's doing. Actually, let me give a round of applause to Marshawn Lynch. I'm sorry, Marshawn. Round of applause. Round of applause. He deserves that. I forgot to get it. He really deserves that. I, I commend him for trying to combat that. When I get my money, it's definitely something I want to work on too, buying real estate and just to have land for people that look like me. You know what I mean? Some other news that came out this week, besides the fact that the government shutdown is over, we found out some other good news going on in politics. Kamala Harris, she's going to be running for president. Cory Booker also announced today, Friday, that he's going to be running for president as well. I'm really excited for Kamala Harris because I saw her town hall this past week on CNN. I thought it was really good. She spoke. She said a lot of things that I agreed with, and I went and did my research on her to find out who she is and what she stands for. She doesn't like the death penalty. She thinks we should change that up. She wants to implement a new tax credit for people who make under $100,000 a year basically for the middle class and the poor class, where they get an extra $500 a month for emergencies. And I think that's great, to be honest with you. I think that'll be great for people. You know, a lot of people, especially we've seen a lot of people going on with this shutdown, they don't have money stashed away or saved up for emergencies, and they're living basically paycheck to paycheck. So her idea to give people extra $500 a month is a great one, and is what Trump should be looking to do. Like, I feel like Trump, he should make a whole damn thing where he gives everyone the same trust fund he got from his daddy. Give all of us a million dollars. There's 325 million people in the United States of America, this great country. If you want to do something for them that's going to help them, instead of building this stupid wall and shutting down the government and you're hurting everyone in this country, instead of keeping us in this country, you need to take some of these people out of the country, especially with all the, the shootings that's been going on recently. But I digress. I'm not going to go too deep into that. But all I feel is... The same trust fund Trump got, he should give that to the people in the United States, especially the people that he promised all those things to. The poor white people, the only thing they deserve some type of break in life, the same break that you got by getting that million-dollar trust fund, why don't you give a million-dollar trust fund to everyone in the United States? That's 325 million people in the United States. You wanted $5.3 billion for a wall? $325 million is not that much. Give us all the million-dollar trust fund that you got. I know that's never going to happen. We can only dream. But if you wanted my vote, that's how you get my vote. That same trust fund you got, I want that same trust fund in my bank account. And that's it. Enjoy the sports this weekend, guys. It's a big sports weekend. This week is going to be fun because the NBA trade deadline is coming. It's a Super Bowl this Sunday. Enjoy. Enjoy the game. Enjoy all the sports that happen this weekend. Thank you guys for listening. Again, guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that social media, all the same thing, at superjunior underscore 93. Follow me there. You can also subscribe to my podcast that way. Go to my Instagram, go to my Twitter, go to the website, and sign up there. And you get notifications for when a new episode is available. You can listen to it whenever you want to. I appreciate you. Yes, Lord. It's the shit I want to go out to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shit I wanna go out to.